welcome to another Inward Authority podcast. Today we will be discussing the growth formula element adjusting to biblical instructions. As soon as man was created, God gave Adam instructions. Adam eventually went against God's instructions. Adam ate the forbidden fruit and liked it. He liked it because it tasted good, yet he felt shame. And there lies the dichotomy of evil, first enjoyable and later shameful. If only we felt shame first, because the human mind is so short-sighted. Moses was a man who served God well. Moses became God's teacher and created instructions. The instructions were pretty clear, but people struggled to carry them out. What usually happens when people are given instructions is they look around them at how others respond to the instructions and do what they see other people doing. Moses tried to point God's people to focus strongly on God's instructions within them instead of following other people. Deuteronomy 6.6 And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. Deuteronomy 30.14 But the word is very near you, in your mouth and in your heart, that you may do it. Moses is pointing at our inward authority. Within us all lies instructions from God, if we listen. We have spiritual senses available to us that can help guide our steps, but we must pay attention in order to sense it. Those who have ears to hear, let them hear. Romans 10.8 But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Galatians 5.22 But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against things there is no law. These character traits are available to taste and understand if we set our hearts and minds to participate in them. God's instructions guide us toward tasting spiritual goodness to help us come to our senses. When we first learn to ride a bike, someone gives us some basic instructions to get on it, hold the handles, pedal, etc. We still do not understand what we are doing, but we go and try. Then we fall and complain. We become afraid, challenged, or frustrated. The instructions were to guide us into action where we can learn what is unexplainable. Words are insufficient to explain how to ride a bike. We need to figure it out on our own. Once we figure it out, we follow our senses to navigate our riding. We gain a new understanding. We are no longer listening or giving attention to others' instructions because inwardly we know what to do. If we listen to others and go with their instructions, we probably would crash. Reactions are needed to happen immediately. We each have our own unique perspective of the writer for our journey and are responsible for our own choices. To further develop our ability to ride the bike, living by the Spirit that is, is continued practice. We can still learn from others who have ridden their bikes down paths we have yet to go. Yet we each ride our bikes according to the way we have learned. Following God is about developing spiritual senses which we will get into more in the formula element of spiritual focus. For now, we need to understand some basic instructions knowing that our journey with them can provide improved spiritual understanding. The Bible is full of instructions that lead us into sincere truth, love, and peace. 2 Thessalonians 2.10 And with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because... 
they do not receive the love of the truth, that they might be saved. 1 Peter 1.22 Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit and sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. 1 Timothy 1.5 Now the purpose of the commandment is love from a pure heart, from a good conscience, and from sincere faith. As with the bike example of learning with senses, once we practice sincere truth and love for a while, we can develop a sense of how to do it better. We can sense how it impacts our spiritual walk and connection with others. We may face confusion, fear, worry, and frustration because it is so different. But that's the point. We need to be different, godly different. We will need to persevere through such experiences. This struggle is part of the development if we persevere and continue faithfully. We can learn best through collaboration from others to learn to see how we can grow in sincerity. We ought to evaluate our progress with our sincere truth and love and see that it agrees with how love is defined in 1 Corinthians 13. We ought to make continued corrections gradually over time and learn through the process of adapting and adjusting to such biblical instruction. Like the bike metaphor, hearing the instructions will not be sufficient. We will need to do it and learn through trial and error. As we do it, we will learn many uncomfortable truths about ourselves, which can be corrected through our accepting God's ways into our hearts, minds, attitudes, and actions. Adjusting to Disapproval from Others Matthew 10.35 For I have come to set man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Since many people follow the pattern of the world, what they see other people doing, they can have trouble accepting others who are not fitting in. That said, the few who choose to live right with God will not be well accepted by the many who follow the pattern of the world. Few will honestly look at themselves to see how they can be corrected by God's ways and accept God's corrective truth. 1 Peter 3.14 But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you are blessed. And do not be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled. Demonstrating sincere love, truth, mercy, compassion, patience, justice in a society that is dishonest, uncaring, self-seeking, exploiting, lustful, biased, hurried, anxious, angry, and fearful will indeed experience much resistance, disinterest, and aggression. One natural response when others attack is to raise our defenses. Learning how to respond in a way that is loving, truthful, patient, and safe takes a lot of figuring out practice and time. The command is to love God with all our heart, all our mind, all our soul, and all our strength. This means anyone who worships God the way God instructs will be given their all. John 4.24 God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Our outward actions vary in how we follow the Holy Spirit of God. Merely singing, raising hands, etc. does not define whether we are worshiping God as God instructs. It is the condition we are experiencing within us That defines whether we are worshiping God. 
Our outward display ought to be consistent with God's character of patience, peace, truth, and the like. If we are indifferent, self-seeking, unloving, etc., then how could we be loving God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength? Instead, we would be loving our own ideas of how things should be or simply trying to fit in with the people around us doing what we see them doing. Adjusting to a new identity. What does it mean to give our all? Our all is an individual experience that can only truly be understood by the individual and God. Our all means we become dedicated and committed to give everything we have to improve our inner being toward God's purpose, ways, goodness, righteousness, and grace. Our hearts and minds are to renew into Christ's likeness. Colossians 3, 8-10 But now you yourselves are to put off all of these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Our image is to be shaped into being more like God's. Yet the shape of our inward hearts and minds will be contingent upon the giving of ourselves over to God's ways, purpose, and character. Perhaps the most important instruction could be to humble ourselves and make God's character more important than anything else in our lives. Romans 12.16 Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. James 4, 6, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Matthew 6, 3, 3, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Luke 9, 23, then he said to them all, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. There are many verses and chapters in the Bible that point to the idea of denying self and making God our main focus. It is so crucial we begin programming our minds to accept these instructions as written, not as other people define them. We ought to improve our alignment with them within our hearts, minds, attitudes, and actions. We do it because the Bible is correct. We seek it out because it is our purpose. We obey it because it is the solution to all things. But again, we follow what we see written, not what another man interprets. We use others around us to help us interpret it correctly because we make mistakes. Let's keep in mind anyone can choose to live by God's word every day. We just need to deny thoughts that urge us away from doing it. We can't understand why until we do it. Living by God's instructions will be different. Living by God's instructions is an imperfect process that can develop us more toward what is perfect. We are imperfect and will always have imperfections within us. But as we let go of our ideas and accept God's character into our being, we can become more perfected. Accepting grace into our being can purify our hearts and cleanse our conscience. Joy, love, and peace can abound. Read together as a group or think to yourself for a little bit. Ephesians 6.10-18, The Armor of God. 
Are we putting on the whole armor of God each day? Are we actively participating in the spiritual battle? Think about or discuss how we can improve today and stand firm and be ready with God. How can we strengthen in sincere truth, love, and peace? 1 Peter 5.5 Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. There exists within many of us an attitude of reciprocation. If someone is mean to us, then we are mean to them or at least will not seek them out. If someone is kind to us, then we will more likely be kind to them and be more inviting to them than others who have been mean to us. Also see social exchange theory. Jesus gave instructions for us not to live by this attitude. If God is about love and peace, then we are to live by God's standards and see how we can grow love and peace, even with others who may be challenging. We can correct others within our minds that prompt us to retaliate, belittle, blame, or argue. Some good instructions are Matthew chapters 5 through 7. We choose what to watch, read, listen to, and groups to attend to help us learn and grow. Just like choosing the best school to learn, we can choose the best places to encourage and help us experience development of God's grace. Are the groups we attend shaping us into Christ-likeness? If so, how? Does our daily activity develop us more into Christ-likeness? If so, how? Are there other ways that could help us grow? 1 Corinthians 15.33-34 Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Awake to righteousness and do not sin. For some do not have the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. Information and thoughts need to be brought into our consciousness. In order to have God within our minds, we need to set our minds upon God. We can at least set ourselves up with a structure that facilitates such thinking. We can have groups designed to bring our attention toward how we are developing into God's character. You can go to the website www.inwardauthority.com then go to experience groups and there you can find an example of how to set up such a group. We all have a sense of what is normal. Our normal is different than others. Our normal could be corruption to God's normal. Some of us may be tempted to rationalize or explain how our normal is okay. Such thinking does not line up with the instructions in the Bible. We can compare and contrast our thoughts and actions with biblical instructions of how we ought to think and behave and see how we can make changes to improve. If our normal doesn't change, then we don't change. Remember, the journey isn't about being perfect. It's about moving in the direction of perfection. If we aren't moving or growing in God's ways, then we may not be seeking to grow. Ignoring our response to grow with God could be condoning spiritual loss to our souls. If we come up with a reason not to improve our growth with God, we can share our reason with God. We can go to the stories in the Bible and compare our reasoning with such stories. Is that reasoning acceptable to God? Or are we putting God off? What would Jesus or the apostles do if they were in our situation? Is what the Jesus and the Apostles think important to us? Do we value their viewpoints?
All our beliefs and perceptions do not match God's intentions for us. If they did, then we would be like Christ. That said, we each have much correction we can make within our perceptions, beliefs, and faith. If we are unwilling to make correction, then we ought to evaluate why. Right now, our minds are governed by some beliefs that are at odds with God's ways. We are simply fallible people seeking to improve. Humbling of ourselves will be required to accept our imperfections and new direction. Resistance isn't wrong, it's normal. We all have a rebellious way within us that can resist change. Ask any trainer and they can testify with experience how few people really give themselves over entirely to the process to be changed. It's normal to not feel like changing and to make mistakes. It's normal and not evil. We all fall short of perfection, and we always will. Yet, we can grow at a rate where we can improve our spiritual productivity. The goal is not perfection, but improved participation in spiritual character. Let's stick with the best material, the Bible. To best align ourselves with the Word of God is to make the Word of God our instruction. That means we read the Bible more than any other book because it is more important than any other book. Our minds can be like a sponge that absorbs and retains information. It soaks up the information that is around us. The information within the sponge often directs our lives. If the sponge becomes filled with conflicting dogma, it can affect our choices, actions, feelings, and relationships. It may be best to define biblical ideas and principles by reading the Bible. Is our opinion and understanding about God or the Bible based upon what we have read in it? Or is it based upon someone else's information? If we go to some other author or speaker for their viewpoint without looking at the primary source, we can easily develop an understanding that is incorrect. Being more correct with God has everything to do with our goal. The Bible really hammers out this point. To learn about biblical terms, we can do concordance searches within the Bible about that word to see the pattern of how it is used. We will need to learn critical thinking skills and self-evaluation to see if our thoughts are right. We will need a sense of humility and willingness to be corrected. 2 Corinthians 10.5 Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Let us hope together for more Christians to move into corrective biblical action and learn God's message through new experiences. Mm-hmm.